the New Testament book, the Gospel of John. I believe that'll be page 901, it's the 15th chapter. And that little video there as you're turning to that is just one of the resources that we recommended during this uh, sort of season as we kick off the new year. Uh, the series we're doing calling it Abide and uh, just taking time to be in the presence of God, be with him. And uh, man, that's a fabulous resource, video uh, teaching series. I encourage you to write it down um, uh, because the, the most important thing you can do as a person is, is engage with God and with his word. And there's a number of ways to do it, right? Um, and we talked about that last week. Amen, sister. Appreciate it. And um, a number, a number of ways you can engage with with God's word for people who read, for people who listen and, and want to listen to it while they're driving or while they're sitting or listening and reading at the same time, or people who are more like visual in nature and want to be able to see stuff on a screen. Just a, a tons of resources there, and, uh, and that's kind of what we talked about last week. Were we devoted or distracted? And so I have a question for you um, as we're in this abide series, right? Called Rhythms of Rest. And, uh, and just at the beginning of the year, developing rhythms in our lives or patterns or habits, if you will, of being able to be in God's presence and, and learning how to be a person who rests in him. And the word abide simply means to live within, to live within or to dwell within, to remain with somebody. We're encouraging you and encouraging ourselves to abide within God's presence with his love. He's got an infinite amount of love to pour out to us. And he uh, loves to lavish it on us. And it's us who often miss the gift that he wants to um, bestow upon us. And so uh, that's what we're encouraging people to do. And so um, I, don't, I don't know about you, but as I think about myself, right, um, I, I have this thing in me, and maybe it's just me, but I, I have a feeling as I talk to people, as I uh, navigate the, the hallways of life, if you will, I, I find people have the same heart that I do. But I, I kind of want my life to count, you know. I kind of want to do something uh, to make a difference. Um, you know, I want to leave a mark. I want to leave a legacy. Um, I, I want to do something of value. I, I want to do something that lasts even beyond me. And, and as I've talked to people, i found I'm not the only one who feels that way. It seems like everybody sort of wants their life to count in some way. Um, as a pastor, I do a lot of funerals. In fact, three funerals between last Friday and the previous Friday. And, um, and just keenly on our mind, what we hear all the time at funerals is people are you know, giving the obituary um, and giving a eulogy. It's okay. It's okay. I thought I was a better preacher, Kelsey. Just... Well, I got one fan up front, so I appreciate the love. That must have been pinching her in the back. But, I mean, you know, the reality is all of us, I don't know if you heard the statistic. It's new. It's brand new. Just released. Um, but 100% of all people, listen to me now, 100% of all people living on the earth die. Did y'all hear that? I'm mean, just brand new, so just look out. You can tweet it if you want. You might be the first one. And um, But all of us, someone is going to be at our funeral and talking about our lives. And what will they be talking about? And um, for one of uh, the funerals we did this past week, one, one was Miss Anita Smith, one of our members here, and just a, uh, an amazing godly lady. Uh, and the one later on in the afternoon Friday was uh, for Ernie Donaldson. His wife is a member here, Miss Julie Donaldson, and part of the Cruz uh, family. But um, well, his grandchildren got up, two of his grandchildren, and just talked about his life and how much he had meant to them. And he talked about the legacy that Pat was leaving. And this was the keystone of his legacy. is like, Pat taught us how to love. And I don't know of any other be better legacy that somebody could say after you've lived 70, 80, 
years, 20 years, whatever God gives us. But it's this legacy to love. Like, he taught me how to love. And, um, and that is the greatest treasure ever. And so how do we achieve something worthwhile? What, what is it that we could do something that lasts? And so what I want to give to you this morning is, is really the most important thing. If you want to make a mark, if you want to have a life that counts, if, if, if you want to leave a legacy, the most important thing you can do. That's what I want to give to you this morning. The most vital thing you can do. The most critical thing you can do. The most imperative, essential, valuable, indispensable thing you can do. You ready for it? You came all the way through the rain, so i got to give you something good today, right? i got to reward you, right, with, with your sacrifice of, of coming through, and I appreciate that. And um, what is it? The most important, vital, vital, critical thing you can do to leave a mark on this earth, to make your life worth living, to not waste your life, is this. You ready for it? Lean in. Is spend time with God. Is abide in His presence. Pastor, that sounds like something a preacher would say. I could have told you give to the offering, all right? So let's just keep it real, okay? Right? This seems counterproductive, but the reality is, is being in the presence of God is the most vital thing, the most important thing you or I could do with our time and our lives because it's in the presence of God that he changes us. It's in the presence of God that he equips us and gives us power to now go out and do the most important things in life. Someone came up to Jesus, asked him about the Bible, right? What are the most important commands in all of the Bible? All the Bible, all these commands in there, right? What's the most important command? And if you've been around church for a while, you know the answer. But Jesus replied to the man, he says this. He said, love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the most important command. How do you love God? You spend time with him. You abide in his presence. You, you connect with him. He's your lifeline. He is the, you, you gotta, you're, you're like a cell phone battery that's, that's on 10%, right? And you're like bleeping at people all the time. Bleep, 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 bleep. Some of you bleep at people more than others. Some of you are just starting to get that bleeping thing there, right? You're just like, oh. Right? And you got to get recharged. You got to get plugged in. You got to stay connected. And so let's look at what Jesus has to tell us here because it's not just the preacher's words. Um, but it's God's word. So I'm going to read the scripture to you, and then we'll pray and, and make some application. So I'm in John chapter 15. Are you there? Okay. Some of you are there. She's there. Excellent. Okay. John chapter 15, verse 1 says this. I am the true vine. I am the true vine. That's the words of Jesus. And my father is the vine dresser or the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That's always fun that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, is thrown away like a branch that withers. The branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. 
as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you, so that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful that we could come in your presence. We're grateful that through the rain that we could be gathered together as a family, God, to love one another, to see one another, to give hugs and encouragement, and then, Lord, to gather around your word. And so, Lord, that's why we're here this morning, God, to meet with you, to abide in you. God, to have you speak to us from your word. And so, Lord, we just worship you now. We give you our attention. Lord, we worship you with our minds. And as you're there in your seat, this is not a, a uh, show. You're not the audience. You're a participant. And I'd encourage you to have a conversation with God wherever you are in your spiritual journey. Maybe you don't talk to God a whole lot. That's okay. But just have a conversation with him and say something simple like this to God this morning. Say, Lord, speak to me. Just right in the quietness of your heart. Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me today. And then say something like this. For I intend to obey. I intend to obey. Father, may the words of my lips and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. All right, reach over, touch your neighbor and say, do something important. Right, do something important. Do something important. The most important thing you can do is abide with God. Is spend time with the one who made you, with the one who created you. He gave you the skills you have. He gave you the brain you have, the body you have. He prepared your life in advance. He's the one who knows your destiny. He's the one who knows all of your past. We have access to the most incredible resource. Instead of asking Google stuff, right? Like, okay, Google. We should be asking God, like, God, what do you want me to do? And he's the one who made us, and we were made. Human beings were designed for a relationship with God. And until we have that, we're, we'll search to fill our hearts with everything. But none of those things, how many of you have experienced that in life? None of those things truly satisfy us. We seem to go from one thing to the next. But God has given us instructions here that, that we are to abide in him, that he is the vine and we are the branches. And so uh, I've got some Things I want to share with you, and in fact, if you're a note-taker, I praise God for note-takers. Note-takers are world-changers, that's what I like to say. Uh, but I'm asking you, just wait on the notes, right? You can go online, and, and if you're like so, you know, desirous to take notes, just wait till the end. Because what I want to give you at the end is more practical stuff. Because um, a lot of you are like, yes, I know this, I know this, I know this, Pastor. But how? How do I do this? This is an unseen person. How do I spend time with God? I can spend time with my friend, spend time with my spouse, my kids, my grandkids. But how do I spend time with him? How do I abide in him? What does that look like? 
sounds kind of weird. So I want to give you some real practical stuff today. But let's just work through the text a little bit. And, uh, and so I'm going to give you some lists here. But uh, just don't write these down yet. Save room for the, the stuff at the end, okay? That sound good? I'm saving your right hand. Uh, so let me give you a couple reasons to abide here as we work back through the text. First reason to abide, the reason why you should do it is that you can't bear fruit apart from God. In other words, you can't make a difference. You can't do anything lasting apart from God. You can't make an eternal impact. People can do all kinds of wonderful things. There are great agencies and great things to do. But if you do it apart from God, you're doing it in your own strength. If you do it with God, man, what kind of power is that that you now operate in? The power, the same power that spoke the universe into existence. And so you can't bear fruit apart from God. Look at verses 4 and 5. Jesus made it really clear, right? Verse 4. He says, abide in me, right? Remain in me. Stay connected to me. Hang out with me. And I in you, I'm going to be inside of you, dwelling in you. And then he gives us this metaphor, right? As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. And then he reminds us, neither can who? Neither can you unless you do what? Abide in me. Okay, so he's using this metaphor that they would understand. Maybe it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you, branches and vines. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting lost, Pastor. Okay, but he's thinking about sort of grapevines. That's kind of what they were used to uh, in, in Israel and in the Middle East, lots of grapevines. And so the vine is sort of the big part, right? And then the branches come off, you know, they hang down, that sort of stuff. And then what comes off the branches? Fruit, grapes, right? Okay, and so you've got the vine, that's where it gets the nutrients from, and, and the branch, and then the branch produces fruit. What happens if that branch falls off? What happens to the fruit? It dies. The branch dies. It's not connected to the source. Human beings have a source. We're made for God and for relationship with Him. And so we've got to stay connected to Him. And also, some of us are trying our hardest, especially if you were making goals and saying all this stuff. We're trying, trying, trying hard and all that sort of stuff. How many of you ever seen like grapes or uh, apples or oranges, you know, like straining, right? You ever seen a grape like just like, I'm going to grow. Okay, that would be kind of weird if he was doing that, right? I can do it. I can do it. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Okay? Straining to grow. And sometimes that's how we, and if you were to look at a grape doing that, you would just kind of laugh. And I imagine God laughs at me and you sometimes. Like, you're trying real hard, but you're missing the point. Stay connected. And you get your nutrients from the source. I will nourish you. And and you will produce fruit. Listen to me now. You'll produce fruit naturally. That's what happens when you abide. But the problem is most of us don't abide. We don't get connected to God. Now, in case we didn't get this metaphor, in case we didn't get the last sentence, verse 4, I love how God is patient with us, right, and with me. He repeats it in verse 5. Look at verse 5. And he's just going to say the same thing in a different way. Verse 5, he says this. I am the vine. Okay? All right. In case I didn't get it before. I am the vine. You are the branches, right? Okay, so you're with me. He's the vine. Nutrients coming through him. Flowing to me, the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears what? Much room. You don't have to strain. You don't have to try. You don't have to set all this sort of stuff. And he it is that bears much fruit. And then he says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. 
that song we were singing, right, that's, that's, that's a really helpful song. And I know it's a newer song for, for us as a church. We've been singing it a lot. But that's a great reminder. It's your breath. It's, it's your breath. This is your oxygen, Lord. <laughs> it's your breath in, in, in my lungs. We could probably even argue the Lord created your lungs. He didn't have to create your lungs to work the way they did, but he did. And everything that God gives us, he is our source of everything. And so there is a humility that needs to happen with us. Sometimes we think that we have achieved all sorts of things and that we navigate our life. If God stopped his grace to you, you'd be gone in a second. Everything we have, our minds, our eyes, our ears, our brain works a certain way. We were born in this country. If you were born in another country, you were born at a certain time period. You didn't get diphtheria or something else like that and, and died. Or, that's all from God and from his grace, and we need to remember that. And so number one is, is this. You can't bear fruit apart from God. Number two, and I'm going to move quickly here, it, it reasons to abide. It proves that you're a Christian. Christians are people who are connected and followers of Jesus Christ. They receive their information. They receive their worldview. They receive their, their, their news, if you will. They receive their power, their strength from him, and they do what God has commanded them to do. It proves that we're a Christian. Look at verses 7 and 8. It says, if... This is important. If you abide in me and my, what's it say? And my words, right? That's how we get to know God through his word, the Bible. My words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish. It will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified. So God is glorified by our abiding. By this, my father is glorified. And that you would bear what? Much fruit, not by straining, but by abiding. And so do what? Prove to be my disciples. The fruit that comes off of us proves that we've been with the Father. Some people say, I don't go to that church because the people there are meaner than a snake. And so the question is, if, if that is the statement and that's a true statement, then where are those people abiding? Because if you abide with Jesus, it changes who you are. He changes you from the inside out. In Galatians chapter 5, it says, the fruit of the Spirit, what comes off of a Spirit-filled believer is this. Maybe you memorize them. Kids memorize them. Adults memorize them. Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Are, are those the fruits that are hanging off of you and me? If not, you don't have to try harder. You know what you need to do? Trust more, right? And abide more. You need more time with Jesus. I need more time with Jesus. When I'm yelling at my kids, it's not my kids' fault. I'm not, I'm not in a position to discipline them in the way they need to be disciplined, you know, because I'm just getting them everywhere they turn. Right, Mary Beth? Mary Beth is a good one. <laughs> All right, so it proves that you're a Christian. Number three, number three. Say, Pastor, are you bearing the right kind of fruit right now? <laughs> a little healthy competition between your kids. Number three, reasons to abide. You're already loved, accepted, called, and chosen in a friend of God. So let's listen to me now. And I know, again, serious note takers, just hold on. You can go back online and you can get them, okay? You're already loved by God as much as he'll ever love you. We're not abiding with him. We're not reading the Bible. We're not spending time with God so that he'll like me more. No, we're already loved. We're already chosen and accepted. 
we do that out of the fullness of that. We're not trying to gain his approval or get him to like us or something like that. That's not what abiding means. It's not what reading the Bible is for. It's not like you check the list. Okay, I read the Bible. God likes me now more than he did on Tuesday because I didn't read the Bible Tuesday, and uh, now I've been a good little Christian. No, that's not how it works. We're all, you're already loved as much as you'll ever be loved by God. Out of that overflow, spend time with him. Look at what the Word says, verse 3, right? Verse 3 is, is, is very simple. Already, already, reach over and touch your neighbor and tell him, already, you're clean. Tell him, already, you're clean. And then say, if you took a shower. Right? If you use dial. Already, already, already you are clean. Already you're clean. How is it that we're clean? I know what I did last night. I know what I did last week. I know what I did this morning. What I did this morning is not clean because of the word, because of the truth that God spoke over us, that we are made right in his sight despite our wickedness, despite our evil, despite my evil, despite your evil. We're already made clean by the blood of Jesus. That's why he went to the cross. And when God looks at us, he doesn't see my wickedness. He looks into my eyes and he sees, because Jesus dwells in me, he sees the righteousness of Christ, not the foolishness of Daniel Mackey. You're already made clean. Look at verse 9. Verse 9 goes on to say, as the Father has loved me, how much do you think the Father loves Jesus? And there's no love like that. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved who? You. And then look at the rest of the sentence. Abide in my love. Like I got all this love for you over here. Just hang out in my love. Just hang out here. Just let me be a perfect Father to you and rest in that. I'm taking care of your life. I'm taking care of your future. I'm taking care of your past. Just hang here with me. Abide in that. You're already loved. And then the next verse, right? Verse 15. Verse 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you what? Friends. I call you a friend of mine. You're a friend of God, as we sung earlier. And then verse 16. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you or ordained you that you should go and bear fruit. You're already chosen, loved, a friend of God completely. And so the reason to abide is not to gain favor, but is, is to just abide in all that, just to receive from God every day. How many of you, right, and we've talked about this before, I've never met anybody who's like, you know what, Pastor, I don't need any more encouragement today. Full, everybody around me encourages me. I'm, I'm just, I'm good. Don't, don't encourage me at all today. Don't love me. Don't, don't, don't boost me up. Don't build me up. I've never heard anybody say that. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Like, no, nah, I'm good. But imagine when we go to the Father and we get in his word and he just pours out love. He pours out. He says, I chose you. Yeah, you're mine. You're my friend. Hang out in my love. I have a plan for you. Trust me through this. We think when we go to the Bible, like God wants to beat us up with all the rules and stuff we're not doing. And yeah, God has commands for us. And God will call us out when we're wrong. But for the most part, he's reminding us, you're my child. And so that's the reasons. And then a couple of results here. I'll try to move a little bit quicker through these. Uh, number one, and then we'll get to the good stuff. Number one, results of abiding is there's answered prayer. Our prayers get answered. Verse 7 says this, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now some of you are like, oh, ooh, you one of those name it and claim it type preachers? I can just name what I want, claim it, and in Jesus' name, I can get it. I can get a new BMW. 
I can get a new spouse. I can get a tummy tuck. I can get the cheerleader uh, to like me. I can date the quarterback. Like, I can pass the test without having to study, right? Oh, is that how this works? Okay. But listen, how it does work is that when you're abiding in God and you're getting your nourishment from him, he tells you. And, and you know already because you're so filled up with God, you're not asking for foolish stuff, right? And so that, that's where this, this is true. When we're abiding, when we're not abiding, we just ask for all kinds of nonsense. When we are abiding, we know what to ask for, and God speaks to us. And then we're asking for the right things that we know. And so there's answer prayer. It repeats that again in verse 16. I'll move quick. Number two, results of abiding, there is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. How many of you could use more joy in your life? Yeah, I could use more love, more encouragement. I could use more joy. Look what verse 11 says. These things I've spoken to you. What has he been spoken to you about abiding? These things I've spoken to you that my joy. How many of you know God is the most joyful being in the entire universe? He's not the grumpy, you know, old man in the sky. You know, I know it's raining. He's not bowling. And I'm sorry if you're a kid in here and I just destroyed your belief in angels, bowling, and thunder and lightning. Okay, but he's not, he's not angry, you know, because of the thunder and lightning or something like that. He is the most joyful being in the entire universe. My joy, my joy. And then what does God do with his joy? Does he keep it to himself? No, he wants to give us his joy. My joy may be in that your joy may be full. The Bible declares in the Psalms, in, the, in your presence, Lord, is fullness of joy at your right hand. Pleasures forevermore. We were made for God. And we will be searching to fill our hearts with joy with every little trinket, with every little um, you know, weak thing that offers us joy and temporary satisfaction. But when we meet with God, we get fullness of joy. Number three, we get the power to do what is most important. Remember I told you earlier, right? Do something important. We get the power to do what's most important. What is most important? Well, the first step I told you earlier is to love God. The second step, look at verses 12 and 13, is to love others. Look what it says. This is my commandment. What is the commandment Jesus gave us? This is my commandment, that you love one another. How? As I have loved you. So think about the way I've loved you. I died on the cross, sacrificed my life for you. That's how you're to love others. And then he illustrates that for us in verse 13. Greater love, greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. That's what Jesus did for us. He laid down his life. That's the most important thing. The most important thing you could ever do is love people. Love your neighbor, love your spouse, love your sister, love your brother, love your coworker, love your classmate, love your teacher, love your grandparents, love your grandchildren. Love is the most important thing you could ever do. And then finally is this. There's a legacy that lasts forever. That's a result of abiding. A legacy that lasts forever. Verse 16 tells us about that legacy. It says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you th so that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should what? Abide, or maybe your translation says remain, or last. You could have fruit that lasts for all of eternity because of what you do with acts of love, because of the fruit that comes off of your life. I'm sure if we were to ask our brother Ernie Donaldson, who passed away, you know, hey, what did you do to really love all these youth? Like, I don't know. But it was all the simple things that they talked about. They talked about the way he made spaghetti. They talked about his little jokes and these little things there, the way he treated his wife and all those sorts of things. 
Little things done with extraordinary love. That's the most important things in life. And so those are the results of abiding. In the 1800s, there was a guy named George Mueller. He was from Prussia, and then he went to Bristol, England. I think we have a picture of him. He's a handsome fella. And, uh, but if you lived in the 1830s, I don't think you would look as good as he does. So let's just uh, keep it real. Uh, George Mueller, he lived in Bristol, England. He started many children's homes. Uh, he was a preacher, and then he, he felt led of God to start these children's homes. And uh, he would go preaching. Sometimes they would say he would preach up to 10 times a week. That's a lot. And, um, and, uh, and so just thousands and thousands of children came through these children's homes. Uh, before Oliver Twist was made popular, he was taking care of orphans, you know, uh, in England. And, uh, but this is, I want to share this quote with you that he said the greatest, most important thing he could do with his life. Notice what he says. I will put the next one up there on the screen. David says this. I saw more clearly than ever that the first great and primary business, the first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. Hey, notice I didn't say, all right, I got to check off the box and read the Bible plan, right? Not just checking off the box. That's not what this is about. This is abiding in God. How do I get my soul happy in the Lord? The first thing to be concerned about was not how much I might serve the Lord or how much I might glorify the Lord, but how I might get my soul into a happy state and how my inner man might be nourished. The first thing I did, listen to what he says, the first thing I did after having asked a few words of the Lord's blessing upon his precious word was to begin to meditate. That means think deep. That means just mull it over in my mind. I'm just thinking about one or two verses. I'm just pouring over those same small verses. Meditate on the word of God, searching it as it were into every verse to get the blessings out of it. Not for the sake of public ministry of the word, not for the sake of preaching on what I meditated on, but for the sake of obtaining food for my own what? Soul. Man. George Mueller. Uh, and by the way, he never asked for any public donations, never asked for money. And every day, just miracle after miracle, food trucks come in and providing for, for thousands of orphans that he built uh, these complexes for, for in England. And just an incredible story. Great uh, information to read about him if you're looking for something to read this year. All right, so how do we do this? Let me give you three. Now, now you can write these down. Now you can write these down. Let me give you three P words, leave some space to, um, to put some space in between them. Plan, practice, and persevere. And leave some space here because I want to just give you some gems. How, Pastor, how do you actually do this? Plan. you got to make a plan first, right? And we talked a little bit about this last week. We were talking about Mary and Martha and uh, plan. Go ahead and go to that next slide there. Okay, how, how, how will you engage? How will you engage with God's word? And let me just tell you this, be successful in smaller amounts. Last week I told you about the Daily Bread, that little book is back there. Pick it up on either door you leave out of. Pick up that. If you, if you could do that this year and just spend time with God, with that Daily Bread every day, your spiritual life, for most of you, would take off to a whole different level. Your, your personal life, your work life, your school life would take off to a whole different level just by spending that little bit of time. I mean, it's, it's that big. It'll take you two minutes, right? Do something to get you in the Word of God. And then after you do that for a year, I bet it won't even take a year. For some of you, it'll take a couple months. You'll be like, I want to read more. I want more of God. And I want to dig some more. I need to start digging. Go from there. So do something and be successful in a smaller amount. Amen. Don't try to, and, and I know we got the Bible in here, reading plans, and those are great, and, and we put those out there. But listen, don't feel like you've got to just 
it's got to be, you got to be able to do it in your time frame, right? Some of you are like, I'm a single mom. You don't know what my life is like. You're right. I don't. I'm, there's two parents in my home, and I'm, a, I'm not so sure how we get anything done, you know? And I mean, it's crazy. But, but listen, everybody's got two minutes. Everybody's got 30 seconds. Everybody's got five minutes here or there. And so how will you engage in God's word? That video I showed you before, you can write, look at the book. Those videos are like eight minutes long. You can pull that on your computer, on your phone or whatever. Watch that. Get a Bible, circle, highlight along with them. A lot of ways you can do it. Last week we had, you know, uh, okay, Google up here. It'll read the Bible to you. There's, there's a million ways to But how will you do it? Decide that beforehand. How will you do that? Make that decision now, right? Last week the question I asked you was this. I had you write it down was, what's distracting you from Jesus? This week I, I, I want you to, to think about how am I going to do this, right? How will you engage? And then where? Where will you do it? You need a place that's distraction-free, and, and when will you do it? Think about that. Maybe you're going to write that down even right now, okay? I, I know I can get some distraction-free time, even if it's two minutes. I'm telling you, if you could build two minutes in the presence of God, it will change your life this year in 2019. You can't just depend on coming to church, amen? Right? you got to eat more than once a week, don't you? you got to eat more than once a week, don't you? I mean, you try it. Try it. Eat on Monday and then don't eat again. See how the rest of your week goes, right? Some of you are eating on Sunday and then the rest of the week you're trying to do life in your own strength and God the whole time is saying, look, you don't need Mackie. You don't need Mackie. What you need is me. Spend time with me. All right, so how, when, where? All right, let's get into the practice of it. So that was the plan. Make your plan and then what do you actually do? How do you practice with it? Um, letter A, number one, engage with God's word. Find some way to engage in God's word. Again, whether that's the Bible reading plan, it's the daily bread, whether you read one verse and you just read and you just memorize, you like George Floyd, just meditate on one verse for, for five minutes. You just mold over your mind, maybe you write it down, uh, you know, you do something, right? I mean, just get God's word. That's the first thing you need because that's where God speaks to you. So engage in his word. I mean, use some music, get some worship music. If if you like Gaither vocal Gaither vocal band, if you like whoever. Uh, get some, some, some. I don't know who you like, okay, but get something that's worshipful. Put it in your ears and just get to a quiet place. Get, get in your car, get, get in your house, get someplace where you can be by yourself and distraction-free. I'm telling you, you, try this. Sit in the chair and listen, listen to one song, just nobody else around you, and you just ask God to speak. You put on some headphones and just get into God's presence. Some of you may even try this. For those of you who are young enough and able-bodied enough, just lay out on the floor. You're saying, that sounds weird, Pastor. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you try it and come back to me and tell me what you experienced. Lay on the floor with some headphones and just say, God, I'm here. Speak to me through this song. Get some Bethel music. Get some Hillsong. Get something that's this, this, this quiet and, and, and uh, you know, worshipful. Get some Travis Green. You know, get something, okay, that's in there, all right? So use some music. And then Sabbath. You, you need some time. You need a, a Sabbath. And so uh, Rick Warren said this, divert daily. Withdraw weekly, abandon annually. And, and what are you talking I'm talking about rhythms. Rhythms are habits. Do you have a time every day where you divert daily and feed your soul? Not divert daily and watch the news. Not divert daily and pick up a magazine. Not divert daily and scroll through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, and feel worse about yourself, right? No. Divert daily. Just get 30 seconds with God. I'm going to give you uh, some help with that. Do you have a... A Sabbath during the week. Do you take one day just to detox, just to unplug from everything? These are all part of abiding. Do you, do you abandon annually? 
Praise God, he wants you to take a vacation. I'll tell you this, you might be disobeying God if you don't use those vacations. Thanks. Appreciate that. All right, uh, number four, uh, sacred space. And this is where I want to spend a little bit of time here. Sacred space. Create some sacred space. This is that sort of divert daily. Take This is 30 seconds to nine minutes, right? 30 seconds. Sacred space. What is the sacred space in your life? Everybody's got 30 seconds, right? Let me give you some ideas. Just pause, right? You drive up to work. You fight the traffic. You're, you're, you've got to drop off the kids, and one's on your leg, and you forgot lunch, and all this sort of stuff, right? And it's crazy, and it's, you know, just stop before you get into work. 30 seconds in your car to say, God, help me. God, speak to me. Get that verse out you've been working on. Lord, I just want to go over this verse. 30 seconds. you got 30 seconds, right? Before you get home and deal with what's at home, before you go to the doctor's appointment, just take 30 seconds and pause in your car. Put your head on the steering wheel. Somebody might think you died, but, I mean, it's, if your life's not exciting, that would be a way to make your life exciting. Pause. Pause between meetings, right? I don't know about your life, but I, I work I work on my lunch break. Like, if I got a meeting and it ends early, I'm like, ooh, I can catch up on some work, and I can get to email, and I can get to some phone calls I got to make, and so I'm, I'm doing like three things at once, right? Well, how many times does God just, just pause? If, if you got a meeting that ends early, your 1 o'clock didn't go all the way to... So 2 o'clock, man, God gives you that time and just pause for a second, okay? Just pause. Pause in the car. Pause at home. Pause. Uh, the second one is, is delight. Do something that actually brings you joy. Unplug from technology. Unplug, right? I don't know if you're aware of this, but the rates of anxiety and depression rise directly in proportion to how much we're on social media and on our electronic devices. And listen, I don't hate, I love technology. I got every piece of technology known to man. I love it. So I'm not against technology, but it starts to rule our lives. We've got to unplug from that. We weren't made to constantly be on all the time. So what are some things you love to do? One of the most spiritual things you do. Some people say, I love to take a bath. I saw a grown man, right? He was bigger than me, big old strong guy. He's like, I really like to take a bath. I was like, okay, brother. All right. Don't know if I'd admitted that if I were you, but praise God for you, right? It's like I just get quiet, and I can just soak in the bath, and I can be in God's presence, right? I can be in God's presence. Heard another guy, uh, John Eldridge, and uh, he, he writes a ton about this. In fact, uh, uh, many of these ideas helped me when I listened to something he preached uh, last year. Um, he said, man, I, I work at a computer screen all day long, and, and my eyes are always at a computer screen and always in technology. He says, I have a stick in my office, and I'll take a break, and I'll just hold this stick. He's like, I know it sounds crazy, but just touching part of God's creation just keeps me sane. I just, it's a well-worn stick, and I just hold it for a few seconds, and I, I just delight in that. Um, what do you delight in? Maybe it's sewing. Maybe it's a walk. Maybe just walk around the building at your job. Okay, what does that take? 90 seconds, three minutes? Get out in nature. See God's creation. One guy said he has a camping chair. He keeps it in the back of his truck. And, um, and then whenever he gets a few extra minutes, he takes out his camping chair and he takes the Bible. And he might just be anywhere. And he'll just pull out that. He says, it's my favorite camping chair. And if I got three extra minutes, I just pull aside and I go there. I have a few hiding spots around the city. So when I'm early for something, I take out my camping chair and God's word, and I, and I get in. I'm not talking about, you know, hours. I'm talking about 30 seconds to five minutes, okay? Um, maybe it's just delighting in your kids. We were awake uh, the other morning, and we heard kids playing, and then you hear them doing all kinds of funny things and silly things. You hear them actually, for once, getting along. And, uh, and there was just this moment where I said, okay, I'm in bed. I could be mad that they're up so early, but I heard them getting along. And I was just like, I just... 
the simple prayer, Lord, thank you for my kids. So often I try to go on and all this will do up and the to-do list that we got to get done today. It's like, Lord, listen, let me listen to their little conversation, little five-year-old conversations with the twins, and they're talking about doing this, talking about doing that, and they got a whole you know thing working of, of uh, all their stuff they're doing yesterday. Um, we have them, listen, listen to this, we got them their biggest Christmas gift. It's not their biggest, but it's the one they like the most. And this is my wife's idea, by the way. It's a stick with a horse head on it, right? I mean, who knows how long that, it's just a little stick, and it's their favorite toy. And listen to me now. They, they were playing with some friends in the little cul-de-sac where we live, and they're out there, and they got their guns, and they got their horses, and they got swords, and they are, they are going to Neverland. I don't know where they are, okay, but they are, they are enjoying something. And, uh, and then other kids are coming to play, right? And then I saw these middle schoolers, right? Middle schoolers, eighth graders come out there, and they got my kids' horse sticks. And they're like, yeah, yeah, and they're just going to town, right? They're, they're having a moment of delight. They're doing what kids should do, right? And I, I needed to get going. I wanted to get some things done. And I was like, I need to call them in here and get them to clean up their room so we can get going. We got to get this ready and that ready. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here. God spoke to me. And I just sat there and I just watched them out the window. Again, five minutes of just delight in my own children. What do you do that delights you? What is it? Write it down. And then build it into your life. Make it a rhythm. And then lastly is celebrate celebrate. How often do you celebrate? Go around with your family once a week and, and say, what, what has God done this week that we can celebrate? What has God done this week that we can celebrate? Tell me that, right? Once a week, do that. What are the small things? We get so much bad news, but just celebrate at the dinner table. I'm, again, I'm not talking about hour-long conversation. I'm just like, a few seconds, tell me what we can celebrate. What has God done? Praise the Lord. That's the kind of response you'll get. And then lastly is this, persevere. 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 You're going to miss a day. You're going to blow. Your schedule is going to overrun you. That doesn't mean you're a terrible person. Okay? Just keep going. Right? Just keep going. Just keep going. You're going to miss many days. You're going to miss a month, and God is not like, oh, where have you been? Tis, tis, tis. Okay? Listen to me now. This is free some of us. God is nowhere in the pressure, the pressure to be some kind of perfect Christian, to be the sort of perfect person who checks all the boxes and does all the marks. God is not in that pressure to perform. That's not from your father. He just wants your heart. He just wants to spend time with you. He's not looking for you to be this perfect person. He says, just come to me. God is not in that pressure to be perfect, to be some kind of superstar. So you'll blow it. Just keep going. The devil's the one who says, see, I told you, you should have never made that plan. See, I told you you shouldn't have done that, okay? You, you're, you're not like everybody else at church. Everybody else at church does it with ease. You're the only one who messes up. Let's just be honest, right? Y'all ready? Ready? This will be healthy for everybody. How many of you don't do what I just said well? Me too. All right, we got a few honest people, all right? Now some of y'all like, keep those hands up, people. It's a stick up. Yeah. You, all of us struggle with this. And the body of Christ should come along one side and say, hey, how's it going? Oh, it's, yeah, I've been struggling. Me too. Hey, how can we get better? How can I pray? How can I help you persevere? Don't feel like, oh, my gosh, I know I'm the only person there that never has spent any time with God, blah, blah, blah. Okay, no. Man, just keep going. So here's what I want you to do in closing. Um, uh, Chris, 
I believe made mention earlier of a connection card. Hope you got a chance to write some prayer requests on there, share a story so we can celebrate with you. But I would encourage you, um, I would ask you this as your pastor. I'd love to pray for you this week. And so if, if you know what you're going to do as far as a plan, like, okay, I'm reading the daily bread. I'm memorizing one verse or, or I'm going to do this. God has really spoken to me. I'd ask you to put that on your connection card because I'd love uh, to pray for you to know how I can pray for you. And so if you did that, go ahead and put take a few seconds right now and uh, just think about, Pastor, this is what I'm going to do to abide in God. This is the one thing I'm going to get better at. I'm going to take five minutes every day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take five minutes at the end of the day. Whatever. I'm going to, you know, you put what God has placed upon your heart to, to abide in his love. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to memorize this verse. You write it down. And then for those of you here who are like, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know God like you guys are talking about no God, talking about like some kind of person. We, we would invite you to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. Whether you've been in church uh, forever or this is your first time in church, first time in a while, we would invite you to start this personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Remember that verse I read to you earlier uh, from the Gospel of John where it says, Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. You see, it wasn't true always that we were friends of God. In fact, the Bible declares us that we were enemies of God before we became a Christian. We were his enemies by our sin, by our choice. We stiff-armed God. We, we did not want to spend time with him. We did not care about him. We did life our own way. And he still died for us while we were at our worst. And, and, and understanding that, just like Caitlin, who was baptized earlier, there's, there was a time earlier this year where she gave her life to Christ. And she started that relationship. Every relationship has a starting point when you meet someone. Have you started that relationship? We'd love to help you with that. We're going to have a time of response here in just a few moments. And uh, maybe that's time. Maybe you're still like, I don't know what to write. Look, just sit and ask God. While we sing, you just sit and ask God, God, what do you want me to, how do you want me to abide with you? How do you want me to spend time with you? How can I engage in your word? Uh, there are some uh, small white sheets in the back there. It says abide rhythms of rest They're on those back tables and out here. And it just gives you some ways to engage in that God's word. If you're still like, I don't know, I don't know what to do, get one of those. And, uh, and then whatever, email me or put it down on the connection card next week. We just want to know how we can pray for you. So let's pray, and then we're going to take some time to respond to God uh, with our final song. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. Thank you that you love us. Thank you, God, that you forgive us. Lord, that you watch over us. Thank you that you're a God who wants to spend time with us. Lord, some of us can't even get an appointment with our doctor for three months. Yet the creator of the universe says, come to me anytime. Any moment, any day, the creator of the universe says, I want to see you. The creator of the universe says, I want to spend time with you. God, we thank you so much for you. Lord, I ask a blessing over every person here, God. My greatest desire for them is that they would know you, they would walk in your ways, they would abide in your love. They don't have to ever do anything here at this church. They just need you. So, God, we love you. We offer up our prayer today, God, for every hurting heart. God, more of you is the solution. God, for every discouraged heart, more of you is the solution. Abiding in you for every anxious and fearful heart, God, more of you is the solution. For every excited heart, ready to conquer the world and do something huge with their lives, more of you is the solution. Wherever we are, God, you meet us. And I thank you for that. So I pray over the folks here, God, that you would speak to them in Jesus' name. As we sing this last song, we'd invite you. We can pray for you at the front uh, here in any way. Uh, we'd love to help you. And so 